I told this to Kunal once I heard that episode because I was like, do you know how many people have told Kunal he should go into politics? Yeah. I bet. Like, he speaks genuinely. well. He's a lawyer, so he knows laws and exactly, how that shit works. Exactly. Yeah, but I say and really stupid things all the time. Yeah, so do yeah, most politicians. Yeah, but you'd figure that out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. That, that Yo, is true. That's super fair. Welcome to Mild Man and the Timid with three brown folks that are tired of that safe shit. Episode 51, Mild-Mannered and Timid. We are here. We're trying to be as lively as we can right now, and it's really difficult because this We're is daytime. We're going a little crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This daytime? daytime episode? Daytime? We are going a little crazy. I don't even think it's a daytime thing. I think it, the quarantine, it's now been how long since we've been on lockdown? I don't know. Does oh, anyone know? A month? That's a good question. I think um, maybe mid-March is when I was told to start working from home. Yeah, so it's been yeah, about so maybe, a month. Maybe March. like a month. Yeah, maybe like a month or so. So anyways, so mom-mannered and timid, we're all fucking dead right (laughs) now. At mom-mannered timid on Instagram. You catch me at Cali Say. You catch a boy with the moist over there. Yeah, at Kush Parm. And you catch the person who doesn't care, Rhea. (laughs) I care about everything so much more than everyone else. My name is Rhea, and I'm at Rianjali Music. (laughs) So here we are. We're one episode away from having done this for 52 weeks straight. One whole year, one whole we're year, a little bit older, we look a little bit uglier, we have a little bit more wrinkles, la 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 la. <laughs> Speak for yourself, my face is oily as shit, Ooh. I got no wrinkles. That me? is true, Kanal's gonna age really well, I, I got have such dry skin. Gujarati tail on my face, Ew. you feel me? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes when he bonks my face, I'm just like, stop, you literally are putting vegetable oil on my face, you can cook something on it. It's, it's <laughs> me personifying tail piwaja. By the way. Did your... Did your mom ever tell you that? What? Delpiwaja? No, my mom never mom- told me to drink oil. Never said that? <laughs> no. That's like a big thing that I've heard all the time. I've where never they're heard like, that. When somebody wants you to just fuck off, you just say delpiwaja. Like, I go, never understood. Like, kind of like go die sort of thing? Yeah, like, like, like go, kill yeah, yourself? But it really, yeah, but it really means go drink oil, and I never quite understood. You know what it is, I think? That. I think they're not talking about like vegetable oil or like yeah, olive oil or talking like, about like gasoline tea. and like exactly because <laughs> exactly. i thought of it more as like get lost but not like yeah. necessarily die just like get lost and i still don't get it like one one way or another i don't i understand. think it's it's pretty much go kill yourself but yeah they call it like <laughs> petrol 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 what were you gonna say kush i'm sorry oh i was gonna say to revisit last week's episode um it's not all gerba beats it's just folk it's just folk in general folk yeah that makes sense okay folk has but, very good, similar. but gujarati is where folk was invented that's it end of story I'm no done. that's that's a lie guys this is fake news did, don't listen to kunal did i say did i say did i say gujarati by the way the language yeah because yeah, i mean because yeah. i mean gujarat we are folk that's it i'm gonna start printing up t-shirts because i can probably start a merch line we are like folk. that as well we are folk. we are kinfolk yeah hey and and guys uh, guys we have 30 minutes on this episode what is going on yeah everybody just fucking focus okay let me just let you guys know this episode is going to be a little bit different i'm fucking taking over real quick this episode's going to be a little bit different so that means this is going to go real fucking left maybe if you let me speak it won't it will go right oh shit maybe it will go right okay (laughs) okay so we're this is our 51st episode and it was kind of cool because we got approached by somebody that um, we actually didn't even know existed. So that's pretty awesome. Um, And what we decided to do is turn this into a little bit of an interview 
Um, so what you're going to hear is about a 30 minute episode going right into her interview. And we'll just kind of keep it short for this one so you can hear her story. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a weird, it was a weird sort of intro you just gave where you said we were approached by somebody who we had no idea existed. And technically that's true for damn near anybody that hits us up ever. So well, no, if Beyonce hit me up, I'd be like, I knew you existed. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's go that extreme. Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I mean, that's true, right? Yeah. You guys no, know but, more people than you lead on that, you know, I don't know anybody, but she's a public official, which I thought was really cool. Um, she's running for the U S house of representatives, even fucking cooler. And she, you know, wanted to talk to us. And I think that's great. I, I think that's really cool. I said that in the interview too. Like yeah. the fact that somebody listened to us and was like, yo, I just want to talk to them. That's, that's crazy. The, she heard us talking our shit yeah. and yeah. was like, and she's yo. a politician. We were like, and she's a politician. Our, yeah. Our first reaction will, you'll hear it in the episode as well was like, did she, are we the right people she listened to yeah. or yeah. what's like, going on? Are you sure it was our podcast? Yeah. We actually yeah. asked like, hey, what did you like out of the, um, out of the podcast? And the, you know, she actually, her assistant named a couple of things. So that was really cool. She was extremely refreshing to talk to just off the bat. She said um, we gave her kid, her 14, we gave her street cred in the eyes of her 14 year old kids, yeah, which is absolutely. fire, that's fire, hard fire, to do, fire. Right? That's, that's hard, hard to do. To do. So, so yeah, that's how this this one's gonna go. So we're gonna keep it a little bit lighter on like the news section and whatnot. So yeah. yeah. So we'll just do this really quickly. I mean, the first article I have coming up. I is haven't that, read the sheet. Of, of course. course you didn't. So <laughs> I feel like I have you, to say that every time. But you'll like this one. Lady Gaga cheers for Shah Rukh Khan during the One World Together at Home um, digital event, I guess. Mm-hmm. And his fans go crazy and people go crazy. And I was like, oh, shit, this is actually kind of cool because Gaga, remember before she had. Yes. She Buppy? something with. Indi- is that what it was? Buppy? She had yes. like reference. Yeah. I was like, OK, no, 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 no. She Buppy basically was like hinting that he was going to collab with her. But yeah. I haven't heard anything since the, then. The hint was not just a collab. It was a duet. Like, wasn't. He yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duet. So like I was like, OK, so she's really on her, you know nodding to the indian population shit that that's okay cool this is the second time i've heard of it so then yeah. i click on the video because there's like a there was a video of it i guess so first of all this digital event was called one world together at home mm-hmm. it was a bunch of celebrities who i guess videoed in and like Shahrukh khan was one of them taylor swift like they had a lot of really famous people mm-hmm. and apparently when and i think gaga was part of it as well not just watching it but when the video shows Gaga, and she posted this, Gaga's video was her watching a TV screen, and Shah Rukh Khan comes on the screen, and she goes, woo! <laughs> and that's it. That was it. <laughs> like, <laughs> did it seem it. fake? Did it seem fake? No, it, it didn't seem fake. It was just like, that's it? Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's all, all it was? Like, like she, they were like, yo, she was mad hype. The fans are going crazy. People are going crazy out there. They're talking about it. And so I clicked it. I was like, oh, cool. What is this? Yeah. And it's her in a dark room because she must have posted on her IG, I think. So it was her story. He comes on and she just goes, woo. <laughs> so it's kind of like clickbait. And then it ends. So, <laughs> yeah, and then it ends. It's think, not even like it extends. Do you think he, she knows who he actually is? Like, I think she might. Judging I, from I that think reaction, so. I think, though. <laughs> 
No. From that reaction, no. Right. But in real life, yeah, yeah I yeah. think so. Yeah, I think she he, knows he's, who He's Shark super Hunter. famous. And then remember he had that interview on um, the, the show, what was it called? The David Letterman one. Yeah, the David, David Letterman, Letterman show. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, he's yeah. more famous than uh, Tom Cruise now. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. Didn't right, he say right. that? He said that in such a funny accent, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more famous than your Tom Cruise. I was like, what? What? Yeah. Um, it was just weird, though. And that's it. That was the whole article. That That's the entire article. I clicked on the video. I usually don't do that. And all she did was go, whoo. That's so. amazing. So I guess that's what we're, you know, that's that's what we're dealing with. That's where with. we're at. That's, <laughs> that's where we're at right now in terms of celebrities. With humanity, just in general. <laughs> I like it. Um, Get your fucking shit together. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, and basically the rest of the news just covers how Islamophobia is affecting the reactions to the COVID crisis in India, which mm-hmm. we've been going over the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. We could have assumed this was going to happen. It's just getting really like in your face. Where, um, you know, hospitals are now splitting wards between Hindu infected patients and Muslim infected You've patients. You've got to be kidding yeah. me. Um, they're oh allegedly, they're allegedly turning away Muslim patients. Um, and I mean, I could, we could have seen this coming from a mile away. So there's, there's at least one instance of an Ahmedabad hospital, which split the COVID wards on faith. Um, yeah, cause they, it's Ahmedabad. They would oh, normally ahead. split it by gender. I think mm-hmm. that's what yeah, I was by reading. gender. Yeah. Which I guess, you know, I, I fine. Feel free. Yeah. Maybe know? that's a comfort thing. But other than that, I don't see how that makes sense, but yeah. that's fine. I'm not yeah. going to so like initially they were splitting by yeah. gender and then now it obviously moved to splitting by faith. Yeah. And the guy who's the superintendent of the hospital, when they asked him, why did that happen? He said, it's a decision of the government and you can ask them. I have such a problem with this, but I'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, And when contacted, one of the patients who was actually there said, on Sunday night, the names of 28 men admitted in the first ward were called out. We were then shifted to another ward. While we were not told why we were being shifted, all the names that were called out belonged to one community. We spoke to one staff member in our ward today, and he said this has been done for the comfort of both communities. So... Just fucked up. Just fucked up in That's general. Really fucked up. But you know what's crazy? The other side of that also is like, yeah, when you do have two groups of people who have historically been at their throats, yeah. been at each other's throats, and then you throw in a virus like this, and you imagine every, you know, everything's just going to get ratcheted up. It gets heightened. Yeah, it gets heightened. Maybe it does make sense to separate, but then the main you're just con- aiding to that problem though because then they think it's okay to do that no and right and you know and my main concern is like if they're getting the same level of health care cool but you can almost assume that one group isn't going to get the same level of health care yeah and then another mm-hmm. thing that i keep thinking about is we keep saying like yeah this has been going on for a really long time but when I think back what my dad tells me when he, like, lived in Bangladesh and stuff, I know Bangladesh is different than India, of course, and, like, I get that. But where that's a country where it's majority Muslim and minority is Hindu, and he literally had, like, he grew up with all Muslim friends. They mm-hmm. all got along together. They went to each other's, like, Durgabujas and their Eids and stuff. The same mm-hmm. thing was kind of happening in India, too. There were, remember last time when we were reading those stories, um, not last time, a couple episodes ago, um, where the guy was like, this is not what I remember. And this is not what it used to be. Like we all grew up in like Muslim Hindu communities and we're all cool with each other. Yeah. yeah. So yes, while there is history, like, I think that there, they definitely like, there's a lot of communities who grew up together and like, there wasn't really a problem. Now they're just like kind of making it a problem. Yeah. yeah I, right. That's how I feel. Of course, I'm not in India and I know that I, I can't be 
ignorant enough to say like, I know exactly what's going on if I can't see it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean like what I, I have a problem with is everyone telling us fake news, fake news, fake news. Like everything cannot be fake. News. That's because when you get yeah. large groups of people thinking the same thing, it's going to get heightened as opposed to if you ask like, like an uncle, like on the side, like, Hey, do you like yeah. hate Muslims? Like, yeah, that, he'll, he might say, no, I don't. But then like, if yeah, you yeah, get yeah. in a group of people that do, then obviously he's going to hate them too. Yeah, like one human's cool, but like, a, but like a group of humans is always a fucking problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the quote of that superintendent, I just had an issue because he's like, it's a decision of the government and you can ask them. When they asked, you know, different government leaders, they were all just like, we've never heard of that. I don't know what that is. Right. Mm-hmm. Which A, that could be true. Or B, they could have just like tried to do it on the low. And now that they're, yeah, they've so like, got their card pulled, the they're like, this point? exactly. And then, so then my big concern is like, you're a doctor. If the government told you that you need to separate between faiths, you should probably try and find a rationale for that. What's the rationale? Like, you can't just rely on, hey, that person told me to do it, and that's why I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? Like, I have such a, doctor, a problem with that. You take an oath as a medical professional, right? Like, the main thing, I don't know about there, but I, I hope that it's similar. I know that here, you cannot discriminate. doesn't matter if they're a criminal, male, female, transgender. Um, whatever religion, you just cannot, you have to treat them just like any other person, no matter what they are. Right, but they, they're all being treated, though. Right? Yeah, they're like, all being well, treated. We except just for don't the people know how. that are being turned away, except for the Muslims that are being turned away. The right. Muslims Which that are taking in and where, separating, yeah. they're still doing their job as medical professionals. They're just, I don't know, they're just getting caught in like this political thing. But all they care, they should care about, if they do care about, is treating these people. But then I don't get the doctors that are turning away Muslims. Just because they're yeah, Muslim. I, That's... I don't get it at all. And also pointing the finger at somebody else. Like, oh, I don't know. Go ask them. What, do you not have a brain? Yeah. yeah. Like, do you not have a fucking brain? Like, why don't you actually explain your rationale? Stop being a dumbass. Let me know what's going on here. Yeah. yeah. You know? So that's, that's one of them. Um, and then there was a hospital in Uttar Pradesh which refused to admit Muslim patients without a COVID-19 test. So it's a private hospital. Um, they put out an advertisement in a newspaper. <laughs> which is like that's i don't want to go to a hospital that's putting ads out in newspapers no. <laughs> it's been um, about 20 years since i've seen an ad in a newspaper for real uh they were asked the ad was asking muslims to visit the hospital only if they've got a covid 19 test done and only if those results turned out negative so then thankfully the police in uttar pradesh filed a fir the first incidents report against the owner of that hospital so that's Wait, at least so good so they were only basically it's like if you're muslim you're not allowed to come in here unless we know for sure that you don't have COVID. Yeah. yeah unless so you have a negative COVID test. Yeah. But why and doesn't that pertain to Hindus? I have no idea because again, my big thing, my overarching um, point. I didn't realize all- viruses actually discriminated. I didn't know how that's how <laughs> no, it worked, but I guess new information last week for we me. We talked about how like, um, Hindus were blaming see, Muslims dude. for spreading yeah. it. Right. So I think this yeah, is a continuation of that. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. And so, that was going to be the main, because this is the last, this is basically all the articles I could find. So like the main overarching point of this is just that we continually need to hammer that there was a Sikh dude who infected almost 40,000 people potentially, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, I don't see, yeah. and I don't see the yeah. same thing happening to members of that faith. I don't nope. want the same thing to happen to members of that faith, but I don't see it. But then yeah. all of this Muslim Islamophobia thing is happening because of what that farmer who we had done the we had done we had reported on before the farmer right. who killed himself remember he met some missionaries 1400 missionaries yeah who and then the ap- delhi incident 
Yeah. So it's yeah. based off of that. It's basically based off of those 1400 um, Muslim missionaries who apparently maybe had coronavirus, didn't know, spread it. <laughs> right. So now it's turning into because of that, you know, group of people, all Muslims are going to spread this virus and we need to be extra vigilant about Muslims, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, the Sikh dude definitely did what he did. And that story is gone from the news. Yeah. Like that's, that's yeah. just gone. So I think that that's bullshit. And I think that needs to be hammered all the time. The crazy thing, just to go back to this article about this advertisement was that the hospital said it'll send a sample of the patient for COVID-19 in ca- and in case of an emergency, they'll be charged 4,500 rupees for each test. Oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was okay. like, yo, what? Wait, I was wait, like, I what is understand going that. on? Like, they're going to send a sample of, like, I guess a blood sample. Um, and if, if an emergency breaks out and they trace it back to you, which, let's be real, none of those assholes are investigators in any sense of the word, mm-hmm. that you'll also be charged 4,500 rupees for the test. Because, you, because you're the one who spread it? Yeah, yeah. So it's like a fine? <laughs> yeah, it's a fine, basically. Again, in a newspaper, so fuck this hospital. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so that's, that's it. Those are, those are the articles. There's really, we could have assumed this was going to happen. There's not much else I can find going on in India at this time. There's not much you can find going on anywhere, really. Yeah. Hopefully it's just like w- those one or two hospitals that are doing all this fuckery and not like right. majority of the hospitals. Right, right, right. Because this sure. is just in like one, lo- one or two locations, one or two hospitals that they're yeah. reporting on, right? You um, just like need somebody to just like stamp that shit out. You know what I mean? That's like the role of a leader. Like yeah. stamp stupid shit out so people don't get hurt. Modi's probably right. just letting this shit happen, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I never hear anything. He's just like, him. oh, my people are blaming Muslims again? Okay, just stay yeah. quiet yeah, yeah, for like another yeah. week and let it, let it all yeah. work and itself Amdabad, out. And Ahmedabad's in Gujarat, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Ahmedabad's, Ahmedabad's in Gujarat. <laughs> so that's where that hospital is, where they're splitting the wards on faith. He's not going to say nothing about his constituents in Gujarat, for no. sure. Right. Definitely so, not. So whatever. So that's, that's the news this week, guys. We're steadily... On the, on the note of like... I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't have anything actually. <laughs> <laughs> you were just gonna, just gonna, pull, you're gonna pull a Michael Scott. Sometimes I start a sentence and I'd have no idea where it's gonna end. Yeah, on the note of like, I guess medical care, but also insane like nationalism. Um, my mom like is so gung ho, you know, India and whatnot, and so I mean, whatever it is, that's fine, but. Right now, because she's been there for a couple of months and she was supposed to come back April 1st and now she's there and she's freaking out. She has like some medical issues. So she's like really worried that if she needs medical attention, she'll have to go to an Indian hospital. And she's freaking the fuck out. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. We we must see you. No, no, no. Go ahead. Keep telling your story. I'm just looking for something. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. So like. Basically, she's just I was just like, well, if something like serious, super serious happens, there are a list of hospitals that the uh, American embassy, they have actually provided on their website for like places in New Delhi. Right. Mm-hmm. Saying that most, you know, um, uh, foreigners, they actually went to these hospitals or doctors and they really got good care there. That's what they preferred. We're not like endorsing them or anything, but like this is where they found good care. I sent that to her. She's still freaking out. And I was like, Ma, you're not going to get like anything. She's like, I need my meds. I need my injections, my back injections. Like she has rheumatoid arthritis. So she has a lot of pain. 
And when she doesn't get her treatment, which it's going to be due in June, so she's reaching that time mm-hmm. where, like, she's getting more pain, she, you know, needs, like, injections and whatnot, zero injections. And she's like, I'm, you know, I can't get that here or it's really expensive. And she's like, I don't trust anybody here. And I was like, I thought India was the best thing yeah. to ever <laughs> crawl the earth. Yeah, and tell, I was her, like, tell her to drink chai. There's hydrochloroquine in it or yeah. something. And tonic water. And tonic water. So my aunt was like, my aunt was actually making fun of her. And she was like, what happened? She was like, India is the greatest. My aunt saying this, she was like being sarcastic to her. Oh, that's funny. And, she, and, and my aunt actually had a double knee replacement. And when she had it, she actually went through something where she had like a blood clot that was about to travel up and whatnot. She was kind of in a very pretty dangerous situation. And based off of that, which like, that's something that can happen here too. And like here, they're telling you people are coming in with like chest pain and walking out with COVID and getting into the ICU. And then getting on a ventilator because they're contracting COVID in the hospitals, right? Yeah. My mom is just not understanding. And she's like, she's literally like, can you call the state department again? And I was like, bitch, I've literally called the government for you twice. Like, I'm out here calling the fucking government for your crazy ass. Because she's like, I have back pain. And then she, I was like, what do you want me to tell them? The Johnny Pomick, look her up. She's got back pain. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's just fucking going crazy. And I was like, suddenly... Everything is so great about India, but she cannot trust the healthcare system. I wonder how no the matter. Muslim. I wonder how Muslim doctors are doing over there. Yeah, who's going? You to think them? people are like? <laughs> yeah, you think people are like? Nah, you can't treat me, fam. Or are they getting kicked out of the hospitals? There's an, there's enough yeah. Muslim people that might actually go to them. Yeah. So or are the doctors? Okay. Are the Muslim doctors not allowed to be doctors right now? Mm. Or are Muslims not allowed to be doctors because they are stupid disease carriers, so they never actually get through medical school? <laughs> right. Apparently, all of these. Right. Are or facts. are Muslims not even human beings? So right. They don't so then you can't. Yeah, you can't a, B, actually. C, D, or E, all of the above. Because when it asks you male or female on your med school application, it's a, there's also you, an option for Muslim. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't fill that in because so in you case can't you just go. came into the episode like <laughs> Why would somehow. Just go into the episode? In case you like somehow came into the episode right now. Yeah. We are being sarcastic, so oh, we, get. Your, I think it's well past that now. Get they your know. panties, take them out, <laughs> unbunch them, and put them in the laundry. <laughs> Um, um but yeah. yeah. Go, 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 go. So but, yeah, that's um what's going on right now. That's all yeah. that's And right now we're gonna throw it to the interview. Are we doing that right now? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. why don't why um, don't we do that? Yeah, so Kanal mentioned in the beginning of the episode that we're uh we talked to a politician. Her name is Arthi Krybik, and uh she's running for Congress, what is it, fifth? District U- five. US House yeah. of Representatives, New Jersey's District Five. District five. Okay, so we're gonna. Throw She's it in amazing. That. Please, yeah, please stick around for this. You want me to do portion. the civics lesson right now, or no? Absolutely we, not. Should we just? Keep it's it already in, the in there. Do not let them have to deal with that twice. Okay. Yeah, okay. and then um, so after the episode, we're gonna come back, and then we're gonna talk about one more thing, and then that's gonna be the end of the episode this week. Yeah, and here cool, we go. Cool. Enjoy. Okay, guys, we decided to do something different this week. It's our fifty-first episode, so why not, right? If you've been following MMT, you've seen that every so often we put up interviews with brown folk who found success off the beaten path. This week, we were honored to speak with Arthi Krybik, a neuroscientist who serves as a council member in Glen Rock, New Jersey, and who was actually the first South Asian elected to that seat in over 100 years. To me, that's a huge deal. So when Arthi's team first reached out to us, I was excited, but I have to admit, I was confused. Did she know who we are? 
Does she know how much shit we talk? Is this a safe thing for someone running for public office to do? And also, what did she even stand for? I saw some blue on her website, so I assumed she was a Democrat. That's the type of stupid shit I do. I make inferences, and I hope I'm correct. It turns out she is a progressive, and she's currently running for the U.S. House of Representatives to represent New Jersey's District 5. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked, because I had no idea. I have some semblance of how government works, but really, do I? We have senators, but we also have congresspeople. But aren't senators congresspeople? Does anyone know what's going on? In conducting this episode, we were all blown away by how real Arthi is. That's something very important to us here at MMT. We want to champion real people above everything else. And politicians, as the stereotype goes, aren't the most real folks. But Arthi did not disappoint. She was a truly refreshing voice, a thoughtful, rational voice that we were honored to speak with and that we desperately need in these really weird times. So without further ado, Arthi Krybik. My name is Arthi Sadolge Krybik. I am a neuroscientist by training. I am running for Congress, uh, New Jersey 5th District. Okay. So I had to brush up on my civics. And you know what? Fuck it. We could all stand to understand government a bit more. I'll try and be as quick as I can. The government has three parts, executive, legislative, and judiciary. The president's office is the executive, judiciary is the courts, and legislative are senators and Congress. It's pretty easy. They're all supposed to check and balance each other, but we're not really quite sure what's happening. Just shut up! Shut up! Just shut enough already! Okay, cool, 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 cool. Anyways, the legislative is further split into two houses, the Senate, the upper house, and the House of Representatives, the lower house. Each house has certain powers, and if you remember Schoolhouse Rock, bills start in the House, they go to the Senate, and if they're approved by the president, they become laws. That simple. Each state gets two senators. Regardless of your population, your state has two senators. What changes is in the House of Representatives, where the members correspond to districts based on population. So in a place like New Jersey, where there's a dense amount of people, there's actually 12 districts. That means 12 congressional House of Representatives representatives. That's what Arthi's running for. Now, this isn't the first public office she's run for. Like I said before, she was elected as the first South Asian council member for the Glen Rock Borough Council. So I organized um, a grassroots group of mostly women here. I did not think I would ever be running for office, but I decided to run for council in my town. Um, didn't think I was going to, no one really thought I was going to win, but I really felt it was important to, to represent, um, to represent my values. I, you know, hustled as we do, uh, and I outworked everybody and I won. I was the first South Asian American member of council, but really, I think the first, to be honest, first non-white person, um, on council in, you know, hundred and something years. She made it to Glen Rock's Borough Council in 2017 and immediately made the climate crisis a priority. She led the successful charge for townwide clean energy consumption and a plastic bag ban. Now remember, she was a neuroscientist. So why the jump into politics? What spurred that move? Definitely 2016 for me was this defining event. The election in 2016 was this defining event. So when I share what my life is like now, I think it's in some ways, fundamentally different um, mm-hmm. than what it was before, um, just because 
of this new urgency uh, that fuels my life right now. Before the election, I was always involved in politics in much the same way that, you know, a lot of folks might be in terms of yelling at the TV, having arguments with your friends, you know, low-key on the DL, and, you know, um, we knocked on doors when we lived in Pennsylvania because it was a swing district, so we did the presidential knocking on doors every once in a while. And that was pretty much the extent of it. It's so important to realize that a lot of people talk about things, but most of us rarely act, let's be honest. Arthi is right. We have our conversations among friends. We argue with each other. Sometimes we search out fights, but it usually never goes any further than that. Whereas with Arthi, she's out there knocking on doors and she's taking her kids with her. I went out that day to, um, to Pennsylvania um, to knock on doors, to get out the vote. And really, I, it, you know, my kids and I, we were like matching navy blue pantsuits, right? So first of all, that's a wild Indian thing to do. Dress your kids up in matching pantsuits. They're both boys, by the way. My mom had my brother and I dressed up in neon green and orange mesh shirts for most of my childhood. So I guess a pantsuit's better. You know, we were knocking on doors, we were coming back to the celebration, and clearly that is not what happened. Um, They were devastated. Uh, I didn't know what to say to them. Um, I didn't know how to explain why, you know, Trump had won. And that led to a number of things. So one, as a parent, not being able to explain something to your kids is always hard. Um, But something of this magnitude where you can't you know, quite grapple with it yourself was was even worse. I think a lot of us had similar reactions to that election in 2016. I mean, I remember being at work the next day and just there being a palpable silence in the air. It was the first time that I could really visibly see dread. I know what that felt like for me, but Arthi's children were really young at the time. And so what happened next is the really heartbreaking part of the story. My eight-year-old at one point... <clears throat> you know, came to me and he was really worried. And he, and I remember this clearly, right? Um, he, he was upset. He wondered if I was going to be deported. Um, and he, and the actual words he said to me were, are you going to be able to be my mom anymore in America? I'm really worried that you won't. That's so heavy. I, I think we can all agree that sometimes kids are far more observant than adults are. Adults have to contend with ego and greed and other motivations, whereas kids, for the most part, they're innocent. They're going to just tell you how things are as they see them. If you use that as a premise to start, and you think about nowadays when people don't really know what to think, what to trust, it's amazing that a child just implicitly knew back then that something was wrong. And that's what motivated Arthi. You know, it definitely was a wrenching, wrenching moment. And I just thought, you know, for me to be able to hug him and say, it's okay, these are the reasons why, you know, we're safe, why I'm still going to be your mom, and this is how, you know, that's going to work, was one thing. For me to, again, realize having heard from friends and, and neighbors about how they were feeling, to again realize that really there were so many people who were so feeling so much more insecure and vulnerable and may not be able to do the kinds of things that I was doing with my child, right? And that that really hit me. Um, and I just, I knew I had to do more, right? <laughs> like whatever that more was, I knew I just couldn't 
play it as safe as I've been playing it. Rather than just sit and continue to feel this way and have small conversations, she took that powerful moment and decided to run for council to enact change. And after seeing the progress that's possible while on council, she's now running for the U.S. House of Representatives. So let's have some more background on Arthi now. She immigrated to the U.S. when she was 11 with her parents and younger brothers. She always wanted to be a scientist and earned her Ph.D. from UPenn. That's a huge deal. If I tell my mom I know a neuroscientist from UPenn who's running for the House of Representatives, she might actually like me. Arthi has two kids, and like most of us, she didn't really know what it meant to run for office before she did it. What does that mean exactly? Do I just say, hey, I'm running? That's it? Right. I would have the same reaction, like, hey, I'm running. What do I, what do, I do now? Do I start an IG account? Is that it? Are they going to count my vote by DM, likes, followers? So I hate to have another civics lesson, but I thought it was important to hear directly from Arthi what it takes to run for office. This process can be so opaque because we have a two-party system. Uh, in general, it is usually better uh, for, you to, for you to be represented by a party or to be affiliated party. You can definitely absolutely do it as an independent, by the way. And so it entails going to your municipal clerk at you know, whatever town you're living in, for example. Um, so asking them for an application or an affidavit. Um, it entails going around, uh, getting, I think, you know, anywhere from 20, I think it's around 25 signatures of folks um, who say that, yes, they'll support you if you want to run for this position. So in this case, people sign a form that you get from the municipality that you're running in. Uh, and then you give it in and that's it. That's in the public record uh, when they accept it that you are running for whatever seat you're running for. And that's how, that's how you get on the ballot. Um, and let me tell you, it's so surreal. Your name on the ballot. That's a, a whole different thing. What a flex, right? Like we're out here showing our asses for Instagram likes. And Arthi's out here going door to door, getting signatures and getting on the ballot for a state for the chance to enact real change. So when we filed our petitions in March um, and we had to do this whole thing where then we had to scan everything because of COVID-19, um, we had more than 1,200 signatures. So I was really proud of that. 25 signatures to be a council member, which Arthi said herself, not too difficult to do. We all know 25 people. You could probably get like 25 people to be like, sure, I'll support you. Are you selling Girl Scout cookies? What's up? What's going on? But 1,200 signatures? That's a whole different ballgame. To be able to do that is fire. I was curious, though. What's her support look like? Because at the 1,200 signature level, it's not just your friends supporting you anymore. It's friends of friends. Friends of friends of friends. So that's complicated, right? So I've always been supportive of and been supported by, you know, parts of the Indian community. Um, but of course, it's complicated because in the Indian community and the South Asian diaspora in general, I have not found lots of support for politics. Uh, people think politics is somehow is dirty. Okay, I won't lie. For the most part, I also think being in politics is dirty. Like you have to be some kind of scumbag to be a politician, right? I'm probably jaded, though, as a lot of us are. And that's exactly why it was so refreshing to speak to Arthi. She's a real human being. And she's solely worried about other human beings. And because of that worry, she wants to make change. Simple as that. And you're going to love this next section. Uh, even when I was younger, it's like, oh, good girls don't do that. Like, that's not what you do. You know, you don't get into politics. That's just, that's, you know, that's corrupt or that's 
you know, that's not something that we do. Um, why are you going to do that? You know, what business is it of yours? Just, you know, keep your head down. Do, you know, do your best. Um, those are the messages that I, anyway, got when I was younger. I could have called that shit. I mean, amazing. Just when you thought, keep your head down, couldn't possibly rear its head. This mind state will never make sense to me. I mean, if you're a person of any intelligence, you have to think that keep your head down is a really short-term mind state. You need to be represented in some way at the level where people make laws that can affect not only your checkbook, but also your personal freedoms. So why does this always come up? I think it has to do with fear. At least that's my perspective. I think it has to do with fear in the Indian community. A lot of that fear comes from, and it's a weird dichotomy, on one side, we've been marginalized, as most minority groups have been, but we're also part of the model minority, and that's just the truth of it. We've had a lot more opportunities as a community than other minority groups do. And that likely has to do with the fact that we're coached from birth to keep our heads down, to not rock the boat. And so anytime you do something a little bit out of the ordinary, a little bit out of the stereotype, the fear of the whole community is, and this like breath is, oh my gosh, are we all going to be crushed? We've discussed this a lot on our podcast. You generally don't have a lot of support in the Indian community until you're successful. They all kind of just wait with bated breath to see what's going to happen. 50% of me hates them for being that way, but 50% also understands it because of that really weird dichotomy. They're just fearful that one of us is going to try to do something different. We're going to go out there. We're going to get crushed, and it's going to reflect poorly on everybody. And that's because there's so few of us out there in the first place. It's like the whole chicken and the egg thing. Be that as it may, it's good to hear that Arthi has found support within the Indian community. Um, but it wasn't until after I won that I will say that I was surprised. I was so surprised and so gratified um, because I had, especially women and girls, especially girls who came up to me and said, you know, thank you for doing this. You know, you have shown me that I can do more than one thing. And representation is so important. I imagine some of these women coming up to Arthi are brown women who don't generally see themselves in that sort of light. It's so dope to have someone up there who looks like you, that understands where you come from, and that's proud of being who they are. They aren't trying to hide it. In my short life, the brown politicians I've seen don't have brown names, and they don't really promote the culture at all. So imagine my surprise when I saw Arthi's website, and there's a pic of her and her kids in Cortez, right there, all in the front. Her husband's in a Corta too. I was like, what the hell is going on here? First thing I thought was, well, yeah, family picture. And the first family picture was actually up from my brother's wedding uh, from a couple of years ago. And I was like, yeah, this is great. Like, And I didn't think, what are the clothes we're wearing? This is just representative of my family. Like I said, for the longest time, the brown politicians I saw weren't exactly proud of their culture. I've never seen Nikki Haley in Asari. Never seen Bobby Jindal in a Corta. It was hard for me to figure out, and still is, how much of them showing their culture was real if they ever did, and how much was for some political advantage. If they ever did show it, I would think, is this so they can get the Indian vote? I don't even know if any of them cared about getting the Indian vote back in the early 2000s. You would have had to be pretty progressive to think about that. And it speaks to Arthi's progressive vision that she's proud of who she is. I can't lie, though. I don't hear brown folks call themselves progressives too often. It's difficult to find other Indians, other South Asians, who will say that they are progressive. I think because we haven't been taught to be empowered in this way, you know, I think we're just 
trying our wings out. And then who are, who are some of the first, you know, folks that we see in the political arena, you know, people like Nikki Haley. Uh, yeah. um, and, you know, she doesn't represent me. Um, she, uh, she's not who I aspire to be at all. Um, and so this is who we're saying. I mean, you know, I really admire Pamela Jaipal and Ro Khanan and folks who are now coming up um, and frankly giving me a guidepost of, you know, who I want to be and how, how I want to represent myself. We definitely made a joke on a past episode when Pramila Jayapal was brought up that we were happy she didn't change her name to Pamela. You can see from the people Arthi is citing to, she's not trying to hide her culture. I both find meaning in being South Asian. I'm so proud of being Indian American. I'm so proud of my culture. But she wrestles with the same issues the rest of us have in loving a culture, but also recognizing the darker aspects of it. And yet at the same time, I have problems with the patriarchy. I have problems with the way we treat women um, as a culture. I have problems with all sorts of things that go on in our culture. Um, and have problems with, you know, um, with nationalism, uh, especially Hindu nationalism that's going on right now. Of course, we discussed the current state of India. What made this exciting to me was that Arthi was born and raised in India, emigrated here when she was 11. That really deflates the whole, you don't know anything, you're not from there argument. It, that's not the India that I know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's how, that's how I feel about it. I think that the India that I know and I love, uh, and that I still deeply believe in, um, does not, you know, would not stand for the kinds of things that are happening right now in the name of Hindu nationalism. I think that the way Muslims in particular are being treated in India um, is is horrific. Um, and I think that um, the dialogue around that in the South Asian community is lacking. I think lacking is an understatement. In my experience, anyone who brings up a differing viewpoint in our culture, especially if you're younger, you get yelled at, you get told you're too young, you're not from there, you didn't live there, you didn't live through it. There's never a willingness to hear any new viewpoints. And I think that a lot of folks, especially older folks, I found, um, that the minute you criticize any part of a policy, um, accuse me of not being Indian or not, you know, loving where I'm coming from. And then Arthi made the funniest analogy I think I've ever heard, which sums up the whole ridiculousness of there being no discussion around just treating people the right way. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the opposite of Indian parenting. <laughs> Indian parenting is all like criticism, right? <laughs> like, I mean, stereotypically. It's like, it's mostly criticism with like a little bit of praise if you do okay. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when you try and use that same model for, you know, for, for India and the government and the policies, it seems like you're, you're totally shut down, um, which is this very interesting uh, dichotomy. It's just like Indian parents. They crap on you until you do something amazing, and then they give you a morsel of credit. And now that we're all grown up, we're not allowed to criticize anything. I think we need to talk about it a lot more. Um, uh, and I think we, we have a responsibility. Um, to understand that. And I know it's a complicated issue, right? Like none of, none of those things are easy, but I think human rights and, um, and lives and the way we treat people, I think that at the core is a, you know, it's a very simple issue. If anything, I think that's the most important thing we try to get across in our podcasts, that it's not about being Democrat or Republican at the end of the day. We're all three of us just interested in treating human beings as human beings. And if that's what makes you a progressive, 
sign me up. You know, I am a progressive. What does that mean to me? That means that we concentrate on people, right? Uh, we concentrate on humanity and how we are helping people. And speaking of helping people, Arthi's main initiative now is climate change. As a trained neuroscientist with a background in opiate addiction, we wanted to know, why climate change? Uh, it's an existential crisis. It has been close to my heart, I think, as a scientist. Um, and frankly, these days, as a human being, we should be aware that it's an existential crisis. We have less than a decade um, to mitigate the worst effects. Um, and let's not kid ourselves, it's here. Um, it's just that things are going to get worse. It's more than a decade ago, right? Like my cousins in India, we were talking about, uh, I remember having conversations around um, drought and famine, around, you know, inflation for grains, around um, the fact that farmers couldn't predict the cycles um, and that crops were failing. And that was happening, you know, well before, um, you know, anything, the kinds of conversations were happening in America, uh, you know, as of the last couple of years, which I think are important, but it's been here and it's been evident for a long time. For me, that was part of why I actually ran for council at the local level. I kind of took to heart the idea that, you know, you can make a difference um, at the local level, even if, you know, you might not be able to do a whole lot at the national. Um, in my couple years on council, I've seen that that's absolutely true. She's literally doing this for people, for a greater cause. It's a really selfless mentality that we consistently heard in Arthi's motivations. And it's so important to have someone like that, that isn't jaded, who's willing to fight for you. If you have the right people who are fighting for this, you know, you're, you're going to get a lot done. And it has nothing to do with just me. And it's not about just me doing something. It's about having leaders who are going to bring people together and who are going to champion causes. Um, but it's also it's also important to have folks who are advocating for this and who are going to help you on the ground. Arthi wants to represent us and our voices. And all I kept hearing was how true she was to her cause of helping people. People might call that idealistic, but isn't that what politics is about? Representing people and making their voices heard? So what fuels Arthi's drive? I think there's so many things that are wrong, and there's so much good that we can do. Um, and so I think for me, it's also this deep-seated optimism. Um, and, and I kind of, I hesitate to say that. Um, it's just that it's not this like positivity, you know, everything is okay. Um, optimism It's you know, if we work really hard and we recognize that there are problems, but we've come together with a true intention, you know, of understanding each other and move it. I truly am optimistic uh, and hopeful that we're going to do better. And that's, and if I wasn't, I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't be doing this at all. Now I had to ask it. What happens if she loses? If, if I lose, uh, I keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I keep advocating for the policies that I'm advocating for because I don't have a choice. It is literally about people's lives. Um, it is about all of our lives. And that's exactly what I want in my representative. Somebody that acknowledges that they may lose, but if they do, they're still going to continue because it's more important than that. You'll be happy to know she said that the first thing she would do if she wins is sleep. I can't imagine what it's like to run for public office, and Kushri and I were absolutely inspired after speaking with Arthi. We're extremely grateful that she was the first politician to be on our podcast. Not only did she make us believe she could make change, but also that we could ourselves. I can't even stress how amazing it is to me that she heard us. She heard MMT, 
and she was like, I like what they're doing. That's a real one, my G's. So if you want to support her, here's how. So we are on um, all social media platforms that I can think of right now. So we're on Facebook, you know, Twitter, um, Instagram, uh, and websites. So it's all RT4 Congress. So it's A-R-A-T-I, and then either the number four or F-O-R, congress.com. Um, and there are ways to volunteer. There are ways to donate since we're a grassroots campaign and not taking corporate PAC money or fossil fuel money. It's, you know, every dollar that we get goes a long way. Uh, my campaign office is literally my house, um, so which tells you a lot about how we're how lean we are. Um, but I would love to have folks volunteer. We we have a great volunteer organization already. People are volunteering from remotely as well, um, so I would love that. And you know, I would say for those listening and thinking about it, um, somebody was asking me that, like, how, you know, how do you do it? How do you get started? You just do. You just take one small action. Uh, it could be clicking on my website. It could be, it could be doing something else, uh, and then you keep at it. Um, and it's just—it's so—it's so important. It's so important to have younger Indian Americans, younger South Asians, be more involved, um, even even in in smaller ways of like giving a couple bucks or volunteering briefly. Um, it's just that's how that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna keep continue to keep making a difference. So I hope folks do that. And remember, if you live in Jersey, it's so, so important that you vote on a local level, and the date for the primary election has changed. It's now July 7th. And we're out. Um, so the interview you guys just heard, um, I don't know if Kunal's edit has this part in it, but Arthi mentioned that she, when we were speaking to her, Arthi mentioned that um, she was told when she was younger not to get into politics or when she wanted to get into politics, she was told not to do it because it's kind of a dirty game. And she was being told this by, was it her parents or just like people in just her family? Just people, yeah. people in general. Yeah. Yeah. So people in her family were telling me because it's a dirty game, this and that. And then I, I thought that was funny because it seems like Brown people love politics outside of politics. You know what I mean? Like at Mandir, like oh, Brown people yeah. are always playing fucking politics. It's all about power. It's never about like the religion itself. Um, even in families, there's always politics. You know, there's always a favorite son. And then one of the episodes, we talked about how there's always a fuck up that they overprotect. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. There, there's like Not to bring that up again. Yeah. There's family politics in general, where it's just like, oh, yeah, this person's not doing well because they're not a doctor or they failed out of med school and blah, blah, Yo. blah. And then also, there's if always your mom dies. Oh, this is my property and not there yours. You go. I was I'm just about always, to say yeah. there's also property yeah. politics. There is Everybody always, has like, politics. But like brown people should have way more real estate agents for all the fucking property issues that we always have. Yeah. So we play dirty games all the time. So it was funny to me that like people in her family were telling her not to get into it. But it's just like that's like yeah. our M.O. I, I, yeah. I had never actually the way she characterized it was really funny to me because I'd never heard anyone call politics dirty. Right. That was Indian. Yeah. Um. So the fact that she said that people would tell her that it's kind of like a dirty thing to do and like nice girls don't do that. Yeah, she said good, never, girls, good girls are yeah, nice good girls, girls don't, don't do that, right. right? And I was like, I totally understand that. I just don't, I can't imagine. I never heard that. And that's so well, shit. That's so shit. Because you guys are not girls who are, you know, have to what deal do with that mean? kind of stuff. It's 2020. <laughs> I'm a girl if I want to be. But you're not though. Do you want to be? No, do you identify you don't. as a girl? So you, I exactly. Mean, Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it's. I mean, like, I'm sure that if, like, you know, one of you was a girl, um, or if I wanted to get into politics, they'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Because it almost seems like you don't have a chance, you know. Which I really appreciate about her because she. One thing I really liked 
again, I don't, I don't remember if this is in the interview. Her saying, because she's a neuroscientist, she's, she has a career, you know, she went to school for something completely different, but she was like, what's strange and what's interesting is she's like, this feels like exactly what I should be doing right now and nothing else. Yeah. She's yeah. like, it feels like perfect yeah. timing. And I really like that. I wanted yeah. to give her a hug. I got so mad at that because I still don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> maybe you'll figure, but maybe, so maybe you'll figure it out when you have a 14 year old yeah kush yeah. <laughs> run for office fam run no, for office no. bro no. Kush, i can totally picture like Kunal running for office and us being his like assistants yeah yeah we're, we're part of the campaign team weird i mean i told this to Kunal once i heard that episode because i was like do you know how many people have told Kunal he should go into politics yeah i bet like he's well he's a lawyer so he knows laws and exactly, how that shit works exactly yeah, but i say and, really stupid things all the time yeah, so do yeah, all, but most you'd politicians. Figure that out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. That, that Yo, is true. That's super fair. But also, you'd figure it out. And like every time he gives some sort of a speech, there's always like I witness this happening. There's always somebody that comes up to him and says like, "That is really crazy." I consider myself a good, really good speaker, but you have like what it takes to become like some sort of a, I don't know, something. They keep saying politics or speaker or something, public yeah. speaker or something like that, and I'm like. That's really cool. And you're interested in this stuff. Like, I get into the car sometimes, and, like, Pod Save America is on, and I look at him, and I'm like, put on my Lady Gaga. <laughs> like, my, my dumbass is like, I don't want to hear about what's going on in the world. <laughs> you know? But um, but he's actually, I, I can totally picture him being, like, 45 or, like, 50, and then suddenly being like, I'm going to run for some shit, yeah. you know? Also, he's a dick. So, like, if people, <laughs> if people try to fuck with him in politics, he's just, he's not going to have it. He's yeah, well, that's what down. I'm afraid of. That's actually what I'm afraid of, because I, I don't know how I would react to people coming at my neck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how I would do it. I think Rhea's um, phone died. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rhea's that's phone died. Like. Okay. Yeah, so, okay, so Rhea's, Rhea's fucking phone died. Like I said, very surprising. Like, a thing <laughs> that, that, you know, her family would totally just be like, no way. They would, like, stop the presses. They'd be like, she's probably the most, you know, phone, phone battery responsible person on this planet. What All do you I hear mean is her you're talking a whole died? bunch of fucking shit no one else <laughs> So, back to, back to Arthi, I guess. Um you know what I, I, what I really appreciated about her, and I know Rhea said this too, she immigrated here when she was 11, and she does not sound whatsoever like that. That's, yeah. Remember, I was telling you yeah. guys too, I was just like, I was surprised. Like, I mean, she surprised me all around, um, yeah. which I was really happy about. Hopefully she didn't take that the wrong way when I said it. Right. Um, but it was, it was cool. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. That it she was like just... normal and down to earth and not like, she wasn't giving exactly. stock answers. Exactly. Um, it wasn't just like the way that she spoke, but it was also her perspective on things. Yeah. It, it was just kind of like very um, normal. <laughs> you if, know, like if, a, it felt like talking to a friend that yeah. you know, we've been talking to. And right. I was a little bit afraid before that like somebody running for office who immigrated here when they were 11, who's a neuroscientist who went to UPenn is just going to come on, you know, the interview and be like, yeah, well, this is the GDP <laughs> yeah. of my butthole and like all, ty- all types of nice. like crazy things like that right and not really be down to earth but she pleasant she pleasantly was yeah um so that's what i really liked on top of the fact that she heard our podcast and was like yeah those guys those are my people right there yeah it was really nice because she said it like multiple times she was like you don't understand i'm really jealous of your lives (laughs) yeah we were like what i was like i i eat nachos that just have onions tomatoes and jalapeno on top of it like what are you jealous of like what's going on 
I spend most of my day without wearing any pants. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're doing much better than what we're doing. Exactly. Oh, and that's also what was most important that I wanted to segue into from you guys talking about me um, possibly being good at this sort of stuff too, which is like people really need to understand, and I said this in the interview, what it takes to go from ideation to execution. Like there are so many people who have ideas, Mm -hmm. you know, and want to change things. But they never take that step to try to do it, right? Yep. You know and what? I'm going to go ahead and say that I used to be that person. I yeah, was I think- 150% that person. And I've told you this before, that I just thought, let things be the way they are. It's not my problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, I mean that about everything. Like, whether it comes to, like, changing things or even just doing things for myself. I'm like, that's too big of a goal. Like, let's be realistic. And all that did was actually hold me down. Like Rhea, everything. like Rhea doing her eyebrows. She's like, no, just let it be. It'll <laughs> Absolutely. Be. Too much. That is exactly, it's too much. It's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, this Kunal shit is has to out of control. And I can't find the it. two tweezers that I have. But that's, that's what, that's a different, um, this is why we don't actually do, this is the real reason we don't do video podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> because Straight I don't up. know where my tweezers are. Yeah. And the two of you assholes have nicer eyebrows than most women. Yeah. So fuck both of you. I have really nice I, eyebrows. Yeah. I can't, I'm not going to say gonna anything against my own eyebrows. <laughs> I support my has eyebrows. nice eyelashes. I wish I had his, I, I used to have his eyelash, eyelashes and then I just kept rubbing my eyes over all these years. Oh, no. So what do you not have eyelashes now? Yeah. What? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't even understand. I how think that it's works. time to wrap up on that note. Um, but well, honestly, I think we should talk a little bit more about the politics, um, oh, like okay, of Indian, okay. Indian, it's time to Indian, not wrap up. Indian families politics because I just think it's really funny. Yeah, like how we always have the property, um, property issues because I don't think we've gone over this before, but like, yeah, I don't think it exists. I think we just get told that that property like exists. we have. That property exists and that there's like an evil uncle who's always trying to take the property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. But like, if you ever ask for the deed or something, it doesn't exist. It's not there. We have to watch some 90s Bollywood movies and try to compile a list of all the movies that included like property going to like, uh, like a new. Yeah, like a new person that comes into the life. Like the son dies, but like the woman he married is just like, huh, it's my property now. Oh, yeah. That's got to be the worst, you know, when the. When the wife, the one that your your darling son actually approved of and loved and liked when he dies and then she's there and she wants the property, she's got to be evil. Yeah. Why do I she feel like that evil. movie Beta was about property? Which one? With Anil Kapoor. It's like real old school. It's like oh, I don't know over that the top one. crazy. I don't, know that one. I don't know that one. I think that had uh, the song yeah, my dad, Kabutar, um, ja, My dad never ja, got to even have oh. property because he was shunned by his dad because he married an Indian. Oh, snap. Hey, there you go. Got, we had a... Our business, I come from a long line of Bomic jewelers. Whoa. You guys own Bomic jewelry? (laughs) (laughs) That's apparently what it was. We had a whole, our, my dad's family business was a jewelry business. And the moment that he decided he wanted to marry my mom, he was like, you're cut. Damn. So, wow. So your dad is like, I give up all this jewelry money because I love your mom. I guess so. Wow. Jokes on them. Jokes on I was just about to say jokes on them. Everyone got real awkward. <laughs> Wasn't worth it. Oh that. my god. 
So the, the, you know, I also don't think the property exists because like I've never had to pay taxes on my property. So your, your mom telling you that you have property is definitely a lie. It's a lie. Your mom, your mom like lies through her teeth about that shit. They had a basement flood years ago. He had all these comic books. And every time for the last five years that I've known him, he asks where those comic books are. And she always says they're in the attic. (laughs) We never see them. One time we went to the attic and there was nothing there. And she was like, no, 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 it's there. There's a secret door. We were like, stop lying. We're not like five. She's she. Yeah, she definitely like she will not confess that they let all my all my comics go in the flood. Like they used it probably to stop the water. Oh my god! Yeah, that's probably. It was what like happened. a. It was like a friends moment when um, because everyone who watches Friends knows that the between Monica and Ross, the parents like Ross better. He's like the favorite child. Mm. So when they have the flood in their basement or whatever, and they're trying to clear out everything, all of Ross's things are like saved, like preciously, all of his boxes and all of Monica's things have been completely drowned. They actually used it to block the flood from coming in. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what happened actually. Um, and yeah, she always says like your your parents haven't been to India in like well recently for like wedding shopping. But aside from that, like they're from Africa, they lived in London, so their association with India is not a whole lot. None of their family is there and whatnot, you know. Yeah. So they haven't been there in ages, but for some reason, she always says that there's property there. And I was like, so who's been managing it? A fucking ghost? Yeah. It's just like Where, an abandoned. Who pays the taxes? Who pays the taxes? Like, what's going on here? I need to know who gets who gathers rent. I'm trying to figure this out. It's just they, not real. She just wants us to think that we're okay because we're always just like, we're broke, we're dying. And she was like, you guys will be fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. well, all right, I guess I guess that's it then. I think I'm I'm really tired. Yeah. But um basically we we enjoyed talking to um Arthi. It was a cool interview. Hopefully you guys liked it. And yeah. uh, hopefully you guys liked our rant begin before and after the interviews as well. Yeah, yeah that's kind of nice. what this episode was. Yeah. Hopefully it's cool, though. I was also very proud of the fact that all three of us were able to flip that interview so fast because we interviewed her on Friday. We edited the whole shit yesterday, Saturday. And, and now you're listening just, to it. Recorded all now the you're listening to it. Yeah, yeah. recorded Organize all the commentary. all your thoughts. Yeah. Compose music and Kush mixed. Yeah. So that's pretty, pretty stellar. And it was a mini interview. It wasn't like full on long. But it was it was pretty substantial. Pretty, it was pretty a solid substantial. 45 minutes worth of a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for Arthi joining us. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, just keep reaching out. This actually this this connection to Arthi came through one of our listeners. Um, Shafali, right? Is that her name, Ria? Yeah. Shafali. Yeah. yeah Shafali. So like, thank you. Thank you to her. Shout and, out to Shafali. Um, and guys, keep reaching out and, you know, sending those opportunities our way. We're happy to just keep shedding light on these stories and doing our part. All right. Rhea, play the music. Just, like, message us because we're, like, really lonely these <laughs> days and everyone's going a little crazy. Just, like, say hi and just say hello. <laughs> Mild Mannered and Timid is produced by Kanal, Kush, and Rhea. Edited by Kush and Rhea. With music and scoring by Rhea. I'm generally useless. See you next time.